Welcome to Deep Tech 315. That's Doug Clinton. I'm Gene Munster. Our topics this week are Google and Gemini. Separately, we're going to talk about an underappreciated AI opportunity with Meta. And last, we're going to give the kind of our bigger picture framework of where the market, how it evolves related to AI in the next three to five years. So back to the top, Doug. There was some new names getting thrown out there. Google makes announcements related to Gemini. And the big picture here is they are, I think at the, the, the substance of this is that they're offering a subscription for the first time that would be similar to what ChatGPT4 has. Uh, Google is calling that subscription Gemini Advanced and 20 bucks a month. And uh, that is what I saw as kind of the big news is finally, after waiting six, nine months, a year for this, Google is in the game of providing a subscription-based, their most advanced model that is available for people to use similar to how people use ChatGPT for today. I'm curious, what was your takeaway when you saw the news? Uh, I think you can look at it two ways. You could say the optimistic view, which is they've done something new. They've put out Gemini Ultra now 1.0 into the wild, and that's good. But uh, the skeptics view, and we are Google shareholders in our core Titan uh, strategy, and I'd say we've been become, uh, let's say, more frustrated with Google more recently at their pace of innovation. And I would say this announcement has not allayed that fear. So the skeptics view would say, well, yeah, uh, OpenAI with ChatGPT did this months ago. Anthropic with Claude did this months ago. Perplexity, the proposed Google killer, They've had a subscription product out uh, now for a little while. And so why is it taking Google so long to even try this subscription concept? Um, it's a little bit perplexing to me to use a pun on it. I think when I've actually used the product, so I've subscribed to uh, Gemini Advanced, I use the Ultra model. I've actually used the Pro model before outside of Bard. And my frustrations, I think, were kind of confirmed in the sense that this is confirmed using, with advanced today. Even with advanced, using the Google model, their top of line model, uh, Gemini Ultra, through their chat structure, Bard, which is now called Gemini, and that's going to be confusing because the chat is called Gemini, the model is called Gemini. We have to have some delineation. They got to figure that out. Um, it is in many ways, I think inferior to ChatGPT and even Claude at this point, and I've been frustrated with Claude in the past. The problem that I have is that for some reason, the chat structure that Google puts around its model, it just nerfs the model to use a gaming term. It makes the model way less powerful than it really is. And I'll give you a specific example. Um, I use AI as a power user, I would say, in many ways to pick stocks, to try to beat markets. I've been doing it for six months with Intelligent Alpha. We've talked about that before. So I'm very experienced with all these models and even more in the open, uh, open source side as well. The thing that is annoying to me is when you use Gemini as a model outside of BARD, outside of what's now Gemini, the chat structure from Google, it's actually very capable. It's easy to use. It will listen to the requests that I make of it with almost no issue. When I give the same exact requests to the chat interface through Google's tool, it almost always gets rejected. It'll tell me that I can't complete the request. It doesn't tell me why. Or it will say, uh, I can't read the data set that you've given me, even though I would give it the exact same data set 
in a different tool or through a different interface and it'll work. So let me, let me interrupt here. The underlying model is basically the same model that's providing the insights, but yep. there's a chat uh, layer on top of it that you're getting nerfed out on. Yeah, and for some reason, what it seems based on my use cases and, and my experience with it is that the chat layer that Google is putting on top of its model is uh, restricting what you can do with the service. And I think that that is, um, it's indicative just of the problem Google has had with AI. Like they're not willing to just let it fly. I will give the same exact request, the same exact data to ChatGPT, to Claude, to other models, Llama 2, which we're gonna talk about in a moment. No objections, no problems, nothing. And then when I do it through the BARD now Gemini interface, problems galore. If I go outside of that interface, I use the same model. I use Gemini. No problem. So, That's bizarre so is, to me. Why that would you Google can, do that? It's, yeah, they it's can, infuriating. Like, I could see them metering it both on direct to the model or through the chat interface. I could see that. But having that inconsistency doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah. uh, I think it, it speaks to what has been our issue Wall Street issue is how aggressively they're they're going after all of this, and so I mean, they're, just, how, how they're this... just afraid to let it fly. I mean, let it go. Let it let it, let it do yep. what OpenAI is doing with GPT. Let it do what mostly Anthropic, I think, is a little too conservative too, in my opinion. But they're they're getting better with Claude over the last couple of weeks, at least. Well, they I think they got a good they're at a fork in a road here. They can continue down this this path of of metering things and fall behind and have a difficult time catching up or they can actually get in gear. And the part that's maddening for us as an investment team around this is this concept that they've got incredible data. They've got search data since 1998. Now, granted, there mm -hmm. wasn't a ton of searches being done in 1998, but they have search data from back there, 25 plus years of search data. They got distribution. that's probably better than any company's distribution. Their products touch probably every internet user uh, globally daily. I mean, it's mm -hmm. incredible the two assets that they have. And then when it comes to having the drive and determination to innovate around something they've been talking about since, 19, since 2017, being an AI first company, and we can continue to see them jump off or not even jump off sides, get to the, <laughs> get to the line of scrimmage. They're afraid to even go off sides. That's the afraid problem. To, yeah. Afraid to even go yeah. off sides. So, um, that's that's it as it stands today. Um, we're frustrated. More to come there. We're going to shift to our second topic, which uh, we're doing a, a webinar this week, Doug, and and you're you're talking about uh, Meta and the opportunity. And I'm going to set up kind of the first part where I think most of Wall Street is at when they think about Meta and AI. And then I want you to talk about this the second piece. And the first piece is. People look at Meta as having an opportunity to use AI, what they're using it today, which is to help advertisers build campaigns, build attribution, and then also increase engagement, whether it's through Emu, the image generator from Instagram, or through their chat, celebrity bots, better uh, targeting, all that. And that has a positive impact on engagement and revenue growth. And that's a clear example of how Meta can benefit from AI. So that in itself is good, it's real. It has substance. It's what has powered the stock uh, in part uh, more recently. But you said something that really caught my attention around Llama. Llama, I think, is underappreciated as an asset with Meta. I know some people are paying attention. And then, obviously, on the last earnings call just a couple of weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg, he did highlight 
you know, some of the ideas around how they ultimately benefit from it. Because I think people have been asking the question, how do you benefit from an open source model that is, you know, I'm going to use air quotes, free. It's mostly free. There are some caveats to that. They actually make a little bit of money from it through partnerships with AWS and through uh, Microsoft with Azure. But the thing that I think is more important, you know, Zuckerberg outlined that he thinks Llama 2 being the leading open source model in the world, it helps them improve their models, right? Because they're getting data, they're seeing how other people are using the model for different use cases. And also it helps them attract talent. But there is a third piece that I think is even bigger. And it goes to Zuckerberg's philosophy. And he's always talked about his view of business as building a product on the internet that a billion people want to use, leave it open. Then once you have a billion users, then start thinking about monetization. That's the kind of scale he's thinking about. And I think the same thing will hold true with Llama. Ultimately, you're going to have thousands, maybe even millions of developers. It's been downloaded 30 million plus times, I think, just over the past couple of months. You're going to have those developers building products that billions of people will use. And I think ultimately, Meta will find a way to directly monetize Llama over time. That might be some sort of a managed service that might be providing data uh, sort of uh, access, cloud data services. I don't know what it'll be, but it feels like there's more there. Um, and I don't think we're going to see anything meaningful on that front maybe over the next year or two. I think they're focused on just winning that billion user customer base. But you zoom out a little bit further, and I think there's a lot of optionality that is perhaps underappreciated still for the company. You took the word right out of my mouth, optionality. We love having it as investors in Meta. Uh, we're going to wrap with the final topic, which is just, you know, where are we at in terms of the market and appreciating AI or maybe already being in a bubble? And we've talked a lot about this in the past, but I just want to back up to fall of last year. There was talk we're at a peak AI bubble. Since then, if you look at the NASDAQ, it's up 15%. Microsoft's up 27%. AMD Meta up 50%. NVIDIA up 57%. And ARM Yes, ARM up 88%, up 58% on a surge on their December earnings. And of course, you see this, you look back over the last six months, people said we we're at a bubble uh, six months ago. They're going to say we're at even more of a bubble today. We're even that much closer to this bubble busting. I think they're probably going to end up being wrong uh, over the medium term, let's say, so over the next couple of years. I think we're going to continue to see more investment flow into AI and AI-related companies. I think you do have to at least look, though. I mean, since the beginning of the year, it has been insane, I think is a fair thing to say, just how much these mostly large cap, mega cap, the biggest companies in the world stocks have moved. I mean, Meta up 30 plus percent. NVIDIA, I think, is up 40 percent. This is just year to date. You went back mm -hmm. further than me. I'm just talking about in the last month and a week. Um, so these moves are pretty fantastic. I think at some point the market has to take a break. I mean, even in bull markets and bubbles, there are breaks in the action. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised. It feels like we're due for one, but you can be due for a really long time. So I'm not making any sort of you know strong call. It's just something as people pay attention to it, as we pay attention to it, I think that's something to at least be aware of. But again, these companies, NVIDIA in particular, I think is a good use case or a good example. 
a lot of the movement in the stock has been because they've been selling a lot more product. It's not just multiple expansion that mm -hmm. we're seeing with these companies. It's that we're seeing revenues inflect. Some of them are inflecting for reasons other than AI. I don't think Meta is having a huge benefit from AI related revenues right now, but their business is performing really well. And that's really true across a lot of the mega cap names. So, you know, it's, it's, it's felt crazy. And I think it's going to feel crazy from time to time over the next few years. Um, but in our view, you know, we're still early on in this investment cycle. We need the bubble to guarantee that AI will break out. I still think we're going to get it. And I still think uh, we've got a few years to really get to that peak. I can say in the last three months, I've got a spring in my step. I think we're in that 1996, 1997 range. And this is kind of a once in every 30 years type of an opportunity in front of us here. And so uh, we'll leave it there on behalf of Doug, Gene, and Deep Tech 315. Bye for now.